I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Russell Kane, and this is part two of Boys Don't Cry, messy versus angelically tidy, all aspects my panels, Ian Smith and Louisa Zisman. We're looking at finances, relationships, holidays. I want to ask a more controversial question now. Do, is it just random genetics that some of us have turned out super organised, self-sufficient, doing things in advance, and some of us can't pick up a wet towel on the fucking floor? Mm-hmm. Is that a random roll of the dice of genetics? Or, I put it to you, panel, parenting is involved. We all want to give our kids the perfect childhood, right, and be totally loving parents. But if we are too perfect, if mummy and daddy wipes your bottom a little bit too much for you, do you then struggle to wipe your bottom yourself when you're older? Because I have noticed a little bit of a link here between my friends and some of my exes is the more perfect and doting a daddy or mummy, the more incapable they are mm. as adults. Whereas I was like, you come out my urethra now, boy, work. That was basically my dad's philosophy. I had to work. You're a zygote. Start dividing. So I was from the beginning. My pocket money stopped at 11. That was it. I had to get a paper round. If my room wasn't tidied, I would have been in deep shit. Things like that. I even I wasn't allowed to have my own bedroom till I was 11. I had to learn to share. And then me and my brother shared a room. Then I had oh. my own room at 11. And it's just made me so self-sufficient, so organized, so tidy, financially independent. Now, my they probably went too far the other way, my old man. But do you think I'm onto something there, Louisa? I do. So I was a bit of a latch door key kid as well. Um, very self-sufficient. And that kind of fed through to adulthood. But my brother was as well. And my brother is a complete hippie who lives off the land, literally, um, in Spain at the minute. We just found out he's in Spain. Never hear from him, has never held down a job. Like my brother and I could not be more opposite people and we had exactly the same upbringing. So I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. But it could be you were a more independent child that sought your freedom anyway. Yeah, which is obviously um, nature as opposed to nurture. But what I mean is you get two children that are different and so one might not necessarily need the cradle holding and the doting of the parents and the goal for the do things. The, the cradle holding and doting is there and consistent and if you fall back on it, it weakens you in some sense yeah. to the point where you can't organise your Barclay card bill. That's I, what I'm wondering. I think we have so many incapable adults because they've been completely modicoddled. And you know, like, even at school, I mean, your little one's going to start school in September, Russell, but 
I mean, some of the school mums, I'm just like, please do me a favour. When you compare my 10-year-old to their 10-year-old, it's like a joke. One of them's like, oh, her sugar levels are dropping. She needs hummus. I was like, <laughs> come on. She's like, she's like babe, that's a high-fat food. probably make the hummus. Do you know? So yeah. I definitely think that the way that we modicoddle, <laughs> and I talk about it a lot, this snowflake generation of just pathetic children, but, you know, and I always say to my kids, you know, those kids in Africa are carrying water on their heads at your age. Like, grow up, stop crying. So mm. I'm quite hard in that sense. I'm a bit like you, a bit like your dad. <laughs> so, and do you know what? that? And that is, so when you see people that have um, immigrated here from other places where they had bugger all, you yeah. don't see many people who aren't able to organise themselves financially and get a job. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen one that isn't working their tits off to yeah. survive which would give me further evidence that the more you're babied, uh, the worse it is when you're an adult. My favourite one is like with, with food. Uh, like some of my friends, like we're talking men in their 30s and 40s. Like I just, I've been liking since I was a kid. If I taste a vegetable, yeah. I just vomit. I can't eat vegetables. It's like bollocks. You're not born rejecting a vegetable. You know, if you dropped steamed broccoli into a famine in the middle of Africa, they wouldn't go, I'm sorry, I only eat what's it's. It's part of my biology. It's, do you know what I mean? It's not going to happen. That'd be such yeah. a good premise for a TV show. Just <laughs> go on. dropping in different steamed vegetables into... <laughs> I thought you meant child-rearing swap, but Ian Smith has gone down steamed vegetable drop with me, Ian Smith, yeah. today. I'm dropping aubergine in Kosovo. <laughs> I mean, the, the sad thing is, I, I reckon in like five years' time, I'm going to see it get made with a much higher profile... Northern comic. <laughs> It'd probably be Ian Sterling. Yeah, Ian Tonight, Sterling's dropping in. Brussels sprouts in Moldova. Oh, um, so, but what do you think, Ian? So, what's what was your childhood like? Were you were you baby Ian? Does Ian need lift to school? I mean, a lift even a lift to school blew my mind when I met Lindsay and she was like dropped at the gate. I was like, just that was it. I was eleven. There's the bus stop. See you later. Good luck. I Wave at the pedo across the road onto the bus. No, we we were quite like um, you know I, my my primary school was really close to um, our house really, but it, it was only like I guess the last year when I was allowed to kind of go there myself. So I it definitely like um, quite cautious. I think I mean, me and my brother are both probably quite cautious. So that probably made us kind of plan things out or um, all that kind of stuff. Do you think you're cautious, though? You're a bit baby, like, couldn't watch school till you were 11. Yeah, I, I think so. And Quite old. Hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> I, it probably is. I'm sort of like, I'm now um, trying to think um, what's um, affected the person I am. Like, um, <laughs> like yeah, I think um, I certainly always feel very cautious about stuff. But and also, by I don't know where this comes from, but you know, me and my brother are both quite shy, and I think if you're shy, then you just don't kind of put yourself, yeah, obviously yeah. into situations. Um, and and I think it just makes you more you um more cautious. So you want to be more organised because if if you don't know what a situation is like, then you're like, right, let's plan this out. Like, but do you do you think then, Ian, that if you get a child, because I've just done a, a program about this for um, Radio Four about introverts and extroverts, looking into the science of it, and do you think if you're a naturally, because I do believe it's inborn, some of these traits, mm. sensitivity and introversion, 
that being a more protected child makes it worse. Because if were Minna, if only Minna was a shrinking violet, mm -hmm. but say my daughter was a shrinking violet and shy, really I should be pushing her forward more, not going, oh, my God, look, she's yeah. so she's so shy. She's gone red. I, be, I better bring her in and protect her because you're, you're strengthening those introverted right. traits. Yeah, right? I think so. Because I, I was talking to my fiancé about that, like, ages ago about saying that I think if I had kids and I got the sense that, um, you know, sometimes when you're a kid and, like, friends are of your parents around the house and you kind of hide behind your parents, leg a bit yeah. like that I, I would always want to say like no 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 and just say like this is fine and you just have to, to push them out there and then leave them yeah <laughs> but because there will always be that's louise's method <laughs> mine aren't oh, shy mine are not shy she's outside waitrose babe but do, do you struggle with making decisions <laughs> oh yeah i'm incredibly indecisive and also, like... Imagine if you'd gone, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say, really. You missed the trick. Um, um, I think that some kids, when their parents try and do everything for them, and that includes even making decisions, you become an adult that can't, cannot make a decision. And my husband and I, um, probably the only thing we not argue about but disagree on is raising kids. We've got three. And he's like, you know, why are you giving them the option of that? And I'm like, because they have to learn to make decisions. So if you say, do you want the pink shorts or the red ones? You're controlling the situation, but you're allowing them to make a decision. I think it's really important because otherwise you become this dithering adult that, you know, I remember filming The Apprentice, being with this guy, Jason, who was so incredibly English and very posh and very well educated. But my God, he couldn't make a decision. I had to sack him no. as the project manager. Because but he's was, Boris Johnson's advisor now for coronavirus, he's so not. he's gone from strength to... <laughs> no, he's not. No, he was never heard of again. He but can't make a decision and he's posh. He Come on board. Make a decision here. <laughs> it was just like, it's a nightmare though. So I think that, um, yeah, modicoddle people lead to not being able to make a decision adults. That's probably the worst trait, someone that can't make a bloody decision. I'm fascinated by something Ian said that, that I've, I've just I've realised we didn't unpack, that organising and planning can battle shyness. There's something I've never thought about, but all the other things Louisa and I are saying, obviously bringing someone forward, making them make decisions can help with confidence, but planning and organising mm -hmm. battling shyness. What did, you, what did you mean by that? Do you, mean, do you mean that if there's a roadmap, you're less likely to panic or...? Less anxiety. Yeah, I guess it's like you'll have like an anxiety to a situation that you haven't been in like um i guess it would be something as simple as like i i always before any sort of event or party like kind of comedy can kill your kind of evening social life a bit but i, I remember yeah <laughs> like recently there was like <laughs> some bbc radio drink so everyone had been writing or working on radio stuff um and it's comedians who I know and like, but because I wasn't going with anyone, I I hated arriving. So I would get there and I would look at it and I'd kind of walk past to try and check if there was someone that I knew so that I could mm. go in and straight away have someone to talk to. Or I was texting three or four people to kind of say, when are you arriving? Because mm. I would feel instantly more comfortable knowing 
right, I'm going to go in and my two friends are already there. So I'll make a beeline for them. And then after 10 minutes, I'll become quite boisterous and confident. But the idea of being like the first person there and then having to make those like initial moves and, and mm. conversations yourself. So I think if you can at least plan some kind of um, like camaraderie and meeting points, that that situation then becomes absolutely fine. Yeah. Just, just um, have one of the person. It's, it's brilliantly honest of you to share that. I'm just thinking it's, it's, I'm not talking about parties where I know everyone that's there and it's family and friends. I'm great. I'm great. I love stuff like that. But were I in the same situation as you, and I've been in loads of those BBC um, gatherings, I'm the complete opposite. If I arrive with someone who's, who knows everyone and is confident, that, that is the one thing that can stop me socialising. I sort of cling to them a bit. I just want to have my little drink with them and I don't put myself out there. If I arrive totally alone, the thing that kicks in seems to be the same thing that kicks in when I'm on stage, which is you've got to be everyone's friend, whether you know them or not. And so paradoxically, I mingle better at things like that where it's big personalities and I don't know anyone when I'm on my own. Yeah. I, I think that? I'm the, the opposite, but in the sense that, like, yeah, if I was there by myself, I, I would have eventually you bump into yeah, someone. But the walking, you're talking about the walking, the actual act of walking no, in. Even being, like, mm. like um, there, like it, if me and a super confident person's there, and they know everyone, and they're talking, and then they introduce you. I think I would feed off um, how comfortable that they imagine. are in that situation. Right, got it. And then, you know, see someone else and eventually go, oh, hey. But I think, like, I would need to see their confidence to then kind of, I don't know, get a bit of it myself. You've got a funny job, haven't you, seeing as you're so, like, there's loads of comedians that are like that. In fact, yeah. in fact, people try and put comedy into a special category, but from what I've observed, there is the same amount of variety as amongst comedians as there is amongst entrepreneurs, barristers, accountants, yeah. vets. There's no, it's there's not a like there's not more depressed comedians than above comedians. They're all just stereotypes that aren't true. Um, so, but people interview a lot of the gobby ones and then get a, an image of what they think comedians are like from. But what I've gathered, there's just the full range of personalities, just like there is in any other profession. We've just so happened to have this it's weird, though, to be able to stand up on stage and, do you know what I mean, like make people laugh when you're so shy. But mm. I guess, yeah, I just think it's like getting used to, to something. I, I did, yeah. when I was in uni, I did like teaching assistant stuff um, for like a little placement or whatever. And I had to teach a class and I was like terrified. I thought it was awful, but um, would have happily got in front of like, say, 500 people who are drunk um, and not be allowed mm. to do material, to just have to improvise or something. I would, yeah. I would take that any day over 15, 10-year-olds. Crazy. Kids are brutal. I don't, I don't want to run out of time. There's one last subject I, I want to hit when it comes to sexual attraction and putting yourself out there. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The idea of being unkempt and untidy, shirt hanging out, frizzy hair, um, looking a bit scruffy, that can be quite sexy if you're a bloke. Can it ever be appealing if you're a woman, Louise Zisman? No. Never? Grungy? What about the grungy supermodel? What about Kate Moss with sand in her I've hair I've always in the 90s? thought she looked, like, dirty. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> like... I don't know. I just think that about Lily Allen as well. I'm sure they're lovely people, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go down on them, would you? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the no, worst person you could you? ask. The worst person I, I, you could possibly ask that question to, Louise. I'm definitely an. You go down on anyone. <laughs> I mean, were it not for the extra rib, uh, we would not be doing this podcast right now. <laughs> I'd be pleasuring myself in the spare room, but. Uh, I mean, Ian, what did, that's so we live in it's 2020, man. Uh, we're we're post feminist, we're fourth wave. Gender gender is heading to true equality, and yet we have to admit it. We live in a world where I can walk in with a bit of stubble and my hair standing on end, looking a bit scruffy, and Lindsay might get it's really sexy like that. You've not you've not put the effort in today, and that is not open to so Lindsay would feel like that's not open to her, like she couldn't walk in with a her beard unshaved and her hair standing on end. And I would find that sexy. Maybe I would. I probably would. I, you know, there's no point in using me as an example. But what I mean is it's sad that society seems set up that way, that that is closed off, that women always... I mean, how far have we come since Louisa's makeup on, on at bedtime? We've come, a, we've come some way. But yeah. is what Louisa just said, not a version of makeup on at bedtime, don't let him see you without the makeup, Ian? Yeah. And I guess, like, with stuff like that, for men and I guess it's like to an extent for women but maybe the bar is set higher but I, I think like um all those kind of things sometimes I think the the way to phrase this like the two of the most beneficial things to people seem to be like the class they're born into and their attractiveness because they're like two of like the biggest currencies for for society and how you get ahead and stuff so i think there's a huge attractiveness gap with that kind of thing that um you know it's like if you're um people will say they find glasses attractive 
they find attractive people who look good in glasses attractive. So you, if you're good looking enough to that person, you'd probably be as scruffy as you like. Um, the, but then that same look would be seen as slobbish on someone if you thought they were overweight or, you know, if right. you didn't find them attractive and stuff. So I, I think things like that just come down to the currency that attractiveness has to people. And, uh, do you, and do you think in the workplace as well, Louisa, say, say you and I are set up a, setting up a business, uh, there's going to be a marketing department, or we're doing interviews, and our account manager interviewees turn up, he's fucking dressed sharp as anything, knows his shit, knows his numbers, and then we want someone who's going to do our creative concept to launch our baking company, and a guy turns up, scruffy as fuck, uh, holes in the jeans, but he worked at Sarchi's for a few years, he's launched a brand. We would see his untidiness as a positive. Look at Mr. Creative over there. Well, Expression yeah, leaking true. out of his jeans. Like so are we t- and stuff. You can, there is that, but you wouldn't see a barrister going into court like that. It's just a different. With his wig on the other way around. Yeah. yeah I reversed my wig for the mandem. But also, what would you think if, like, what do you think of girls with hairy armpits and hairy legs? That is a you know, if I went question. like that and you saw two big black hairy patches, are you going to recoil or are you going to want to start sniffing my armpits? And do you know what? Like, I still think that however much women try and be German in their, in their, <laughs> in their hair, hair oh. growing. Hey, Ian, you cannot, it's you not cannot. Attractive. I'm sorry, Ian, you, but it's not. I don't care. So you've got two choices when answering this question, Ian. Lying <laughs> and keeping everyone in comedy on your side. Oh, man. Or telling the truth about hairy art. Unless honest. you are one of the men. So, some men, so men, some men absolutely are really into love that, it. But I, I, very, very, it's more of a, a niche. It's fetish. a fetish. Yeah. It's not, fetish. A, it's not like my girlfriend's so empowered. It, I feel great for her. It's kind of, she's, she's got hairy armpits. It's great. I'm going to knock one out. Yeah, I guess. I, I sort of, <laughs> my, my sort of like honest view on it would be, I sort of, yeah, I guess don't really like it, but then feel ashamed of myself for that. But also, that's the best if, answer. If I saw that's a very British answer as well, yeah. you're not Catholic, are you, Ian? No, just have the <laughs> way of answering questions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I saw someone like lean back and enough part, part part of me would go, oh god, I think, but I would definitely go, oh. fair enough I don't mean to be offensive but if you're on a date with a hot girl or if you're on a date with a hot guy even I think this I think you can translate this and we're talking about organisation and tightness and uh, the girl leans back in her seat and there's massively hairy armpits. It is, I'm trying to phrase this It's without, off-putting, it, let's be honest. It's off-putting and you're going to see no, that they stink and they're unkept. Not, not that. I've got that, <laughs> we've already, that. That we've already said. We're already, we're already guilty of saying that. I was going to say something slightly worse. Oh, oh go on. I was going to say, if you lean back and it's the hairy armpit. Now, I did sociology at university. My first thought should be feminist, fantastic, free. What I'm instead thinking is, what that is a bad What does look like? <laughs> I would be thinking, how big is that bush? <laughs> Awful. I'm, I was way too honest on this bloody program. I, I think it, the only and, thing and also, but I think, I think you could, I think you could put it the other way. If a guy, if you're on a, a summer date with a guy, and he's in a a, a, a top that's a bit plunging, Louisa, or if you caught a glimpse of his back as he went to do his shoelace up, and you saw a hairy back. I mean, we're not immune from the same prejudices. You're going to be thinking, he's got a rhino horn hanging down between his bum and his balls, a rhino horn of hair, minimum. 
Yeah, that, it's just not. Look, I'm not a fan of hair, so. But do we equate it with this with this untidiness? I just, yeah, I do. Look, I just think you can't even be bothered to shave your armpits. I'm sorry, but bacteria, you sweat, and bacteria is growing on that hair. Like that is rank. That's why hairy people smell more. Well, and I think sweat. No, that is one, true though, because it's a breeding ground for bacteria. There's no way you're going to want to. You don't get anywhere near hairy people. I think I've got a much more relaxed outlook on this. <laughs> <laughs> Says bearded. <laughs> bearded Ian. <laughs> I'm just, I'm smooth like a newborn. <laughs> I mean, men can be too smooth though, can't they? Come on, Louis. I mean, I know look, look, this wasn't supposed to be about yeah, hair. No, we've I agree. About... Some men, but if, if they you... plucked eyebrow, I like a man to be a man. Like, I would rather a hairy guy than a hairy girl. I probably am very, you know, not in the feminist category at all when I think that girls should look pretty. Everyone should, you know, I, do, I just think it's a nice thing to feel nice and look nice. And a lot of my friends all look after themselves and they look good and they feel good and maybe we shouldn't be defined Um we shouldn't feel good because of the way that we look. But if I put on a few pounds, it's depressing. I want to lose weight. I want to look and feel better. And that is linked. You can bang that drum and say it shouldn't be as many times as you want. But for many, many people, that is a link. Ian, what do you think about the launch? It's growing, whether you like it or not, of men's straight men using makeup before they go out on a date. I've seen quite prominent influencer celebrity type people saying, this is how I prepare, lads. I put a bit of my base coloured foundation on and then I go out on the tone and get as much funny as I fucking can. So it's done with a heterosexual alpha style, but at the end of the day, the guy's putting tinted moisturiser on. Um, Isn't this just a form of, of respect to your date or is it going too far? I don't think I've seen those videos. Such oh, an aggressive sounding YouTuber. It was pitched... I've seen it pitched on Dragon's Den, and he, the guy was laughed off. One of the one of the brands was laughed off Dragon's Den. It will never catch on. It will never catch on. It might be men that are slightly younger than us, men that are, you know, it, it, it was a lot younger than me, teens and twenties. But there seems to be that once you start pushing, Louisa, too hard. Women can't have hair. Women can't have that. It seems to catch and transfer over, and men are thinking, well, maybe I'll be more pretty if I don't have hair on my legs and I wear foundation. And indeed, it's happening. Just go yeah. to Ocean Beach Club in Ibiza. That You'll not see a hairy in. leg on a man. See, I and don't be... mind hairy legs on men, but I think that the men wearing makeup is probably a little bit too far. But that's not a new thing. I remember being in my job. I used to work in radio PR in my 20s. And um, there was a story about men's mascara. So that's like, what, 13 years ago. Let's not focus on that. <laughs> and, uh, you wear that, no? Don't you wear eyeliner? Not anymore, no. I'm rec- no, not now that I'm so manly. I put on so much muscle mass onto my hairy body. That why I, why I just, did you I just pounded... used to wear mascara? It was when I came out of a relationship and I went out with an alternative girl and I was copying her. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. Listen, you asked me, you get a truthful answer. Um, one, one last question. Ian Smith, why is scruffiness a sign of creativity in men but, a sign, but taken is ugliness in women? If this is a stereo, not maybe not by you, maybe not by me, but why is this stereotype there? If a girl walks in, hairy armpits, hair standing on end, that's the that's what we notice. But if a man walks in and is a bit alternative, we think, gee, I wonder if he's a writer or a painter. I guess because, like, 
especially historically, those kind of to become famous from painting or writing um, and those kind of creative jobs, they, they all seem to be men and are still like dominated by that now. But, but I guess, yeah, it's hard to name like, you know, if you go back to like early 1900s or famous historical writers to think of, you know, many famous women when you could reel off men. So I, I think just because those professions didn't even seem available like um or aspirational for for women i i imagine back then um yeah it's just like a seems to be a male dominated idea um not so much right, now so, so structurally sexist louise if we're into we're back in our marketing agency female copywriter turns up looks like shit so i didn't even get my coffee i'm oh, sorry i'm late but great cv are we going to judge her more harshly than the guy who turns up exactly the same way, same traits, same language, dressed from the same palette? Honestly, I think yeah, and I think that's that's sad and not right, but it's true. And I don't know how we're going to change that. But look, we have changed a lot from when women didn't work, and you have the gender pay gap, and blah blah blah. You're not going to change the world in, in ten years, you know. It's a it's an evolution of change, and eventually, probably when we're dead, it will even out. Indeed. I reckon in 100 years, everyone will have such hairy thatches, it'll be like a Christmas pudding hanging yeah. off everyone's body. And that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much to Louisa Zisman and Ian Smith. I'm just going to go once more over my balls now because I, I think I missed a few hairs this morning and that, that's really not acceptable. No. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, please go to wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. It's nice to be organised and get your podcast in a regular fashion each week and know what's coming rather than just to get batted about from life and listen to one episode, you loser. Shave your armpits, you unorganised twats. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.